Um, my message today is called, Whose Side Are You On? God spoke to me about something that hit me so hard a few months back, and I've been wanting to preach on it, and this is the first time I've ever got a chance to preach on it, so I've never preached on this before, and I'm really excited to talk about it today. It is the simplest message you've ever heard in your life, um, but I, I'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories, and, and I, like, I like to have a very simple message. I like to say one thing, but I like to hit it from a few different angles so that everybody gets it, because we all think different ways, right? So hopefully by the end of it, we'll all be able to go, got it. Whose side are you on? Jesus had been going around preaching, and, and more importantly in this aspect, he'd been getting a lot of people healed, and he'd been casting devils out of people's lives, people who were oppressed, confused, disappointed, disarranged, a mess in their mind and their life because they were oppressed by the devil. And Jesus had been going along casting these devils off people's lives and giving them peace, giving them sanity, giving them holiness and filling them with love. Amazing. And what, what had happened, this is in, in the book of Mark 3, the Bible said that these Pharisees, these religious leaders, teachers of the law had come down from Jerusalem, head office, because they'd heard of the sorts of things that Jesus had been doing. And they were sitting around listening to Jesus, and they started to say amongst themselves that it's by the power of the devil that he casts out the devil. Jesus overhears things all the time in the Bible. If you read it, he always overhears things. And, and, and he stops, and, and, and I'm Jamie Malcolmifying this for you. He stops, and, and, and he, goes, he goes, what? And they said, well, we think it's by the power of the devil that you're casting out devils. And Jesus, in a nutshell, he didn't try and defend himself here and say, how dare you? How dare you? I'm the son of God. I'm a holy man. He didn't say anything like that. He basically just said, that's stupid. It's almost like you guys are well-learned, trained, religious men. That's just stupid. What you're saying makes absolutely no sense at all. He says, so what I've been doing, I've been going around and, and I've been creating life in people's worlds. But you're saying that I can go around, speak death, and the result will be life. He said, that's stupid. He said, I can go around and speak darkness and it will create light. You're saying I can go around and speak despair and it will create hope. He's saying, that's stupid. He said, that makes absolutely no sense at all. And you imagine them going, and, he, and then he goes on. He said, do you, want to, do you want to know why that's stupid? And you, you can imagine them going, not really. Well, I guess you're going to tell us. He goes, that's stupid because of this. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. I can't speak despair and hope to get 
hope as a result. I can't constantly speak darkness and hopefully get light. I can't constantly speak disappointment and hope to be filled with dreams. It doesn't work that way. A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, cannot move anywhere. It actually means it crumbles. A kingdom divided against itself will crumble. He just had to get this theological point across to these Pharisees to say it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't work. And I was always reading this and going over this and sort of putting it into like a little play like I do in my head. I felt God just drop into my heart that it's the same with people. And he said to me, a life divided against itself cannot stand. So let me just ask you this question. Whose side are you on? Have you been going around talking smack about yourself? The things that you say about yourself to yourself. If you heard somebody else say them, you would hate them. Some of us say some things about ourselves to ourselves internally and even out loud, which are the most revolting things someone could ever say. And some of us have them going over and over and over and over again until it becomes this constant internal dialogue of disappointment in your own life. And it's you saying it to yourself. And Jesus saying this type of life, a kingdom, a life divided against itself, it can't function it can't work. It, will, it can't stand. It will crumble. It will fall apart. It can't, then another version says, it can't move forward. I want to do something amazing in your life. But you can't keep talking about yourself the way you talk about yourself. It's hamstringing everything I want to do in your life. It's got to stop. You with me? A kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. I was going over this this morning, and, and you know, God sometimes drops little things into your head. And he dropped this into my head this morning. He said, imagine if you were united as a person, if you were one person. In other words, imagine if you were on your own side. Imagine if you were your biggest fan. When you woke up in the morning, you went, here I go. Look at him. Look at this guy getting up. This guy's got the stuff. Imagine if you had that kind of dialogue. You brush your teeth. Look at those teeth. They look awesome. They're amazing. Look at that hair. So full and thick and wonderful. Look at that. Look at that. Going to the kitchen over there. You know, but in seriousness, seriousness, if you started to become your biggest fan. Some of you almost can't even go there in your mind that I could actually start to back myself all the time. That you could actually get up in the morning and start saying, I'm full of faith in the Holy Ghost. I'm full of faith. All things work together for my good. For real. Today's going to be amazing. Do you know why? Because I'm in it. Now, I don't want you to start thinking for a second that this is an egotistical thing to do. 
bear with me. Let's move on. Abraham, I won't say Abraham, Abram. Abram. This is in Genesis 17. Let me just preface this little story in Genesis by saying that when God changed a person's name or when God gave someone a new name, he got rid of the old name, and God said, this is your new name, he did it to always establish a new identity. Is that cool? All right. That's why God did it. Okay. So here's the story. God, God um, comes to a guy called Abram. And he says, hey, I'm God, and uh, uh, you're going to have a son. You and, you and your wife, Sarai, Abram and Sarai, are going to have a son. We don't often call them by their original names, so it sounds kind of weird. Abram and Sarai, what, what? He said, you're going to have a son. And Abram's like, wow, all right, okay, cool. And then it doesn't quite work out the way they thought it was going to work out. Life didn't quite go the way they thought it would, which is weird because they'd heard from God and it didn't quite work out the way that they thought it would. I don't know if anyone's ever had that when you think back. I heard from God, but it still didn't work out the way I thought it would. Anyway, weird. And um, so, because Sarai can't get pregnant, and imagine the stuff that was going on in Abram's head. And eventually Sarai said, well, you know, how about you, you team up with my servant Hagar and maybe she can get pregnant, and maybe God's going to do it that way, you know, like that, we help God out, and God's going to do it like this, <laughs> I guess it's a blessing, <laughs> you know, we, we trick ourselves, oh, you know, that's a blessing in my life, when really, you know, it's, we talk things up, and, and, uh, and so uh, Abram uh, uh, gets Hagar pregnant, and Hagar has a baby called Ishmael, 13 years later, flips forward, God shows up. I don't know what God was doing in the meantime, doing stuff. Shows up 13 years later. I love it in the Bible. Where, you know, when we preach about it, 13 years later. 13 such a long time. 13 years is such a long time, man. If you've ever been waiting for God for 13 years, for like a baby or a house or something, it's forever. Anyway, just saying, God, just a room. Anyway, so God shows up again, and he says to Abram, hey, um, you're gonna have you're gonna have this baby, and you're gonna have it with Sarai, and the Bible says he laughs. I love him because he's so like us. Wouldn't you laugh? It's like, it's like I'm a hundred. He was ninety nine, and he says I'm a hundred. And he actually says this to God. He said, "Is a hundred year old man gonna have a baby?" And it felt like God. I'm surprised God didn't say no. A ninety nine year old man's gonna have a baby. <laughs> just to be tricky like God is. He says, is a hundred-year-old man going to have a baby? And he laughs about it. Same with Sarai. She laughed. She actually said this, will I really have a child now that I'm this old, now that it's been so long? Are you going to come through in my life now after I've waited this long and prayed so hard and believed so long? You're going to come through now? I almost hear a dis twang of disappointment in her life in God. Now, that's almost offensive. You're going to come through now, God? And God says, yeah, and you're going to have a baby, and you're going to have it with Sarai. He said, but I need to do something first with you. And Abram's like, yeah, what are, what are you going to do? And he said, I need to, I need to change something. And, and he's like, well, he's going to do this thing on the inside of me so we can 
have a baby. You know what I mean? So right, he's going to do something internally, so everything's going to work again. It's going to be a miracle. Um, you know, or, or, or it's it, what is it? IVF. You know, he's going to drop a million bucks. You know, into my bank account, so things going to happen. So that's the way it's going to work out. Don't you love it when you try and work out how God's going to do something? You work out the miracle. God's going to do that. It's going to be money. He's just going to. He's going to talk to a, a wealthy relative, and they're just going to give us <laughs> the house, and then maybe we're going to. Talk, that's how they're going to get healed. That's how that person's going to come back into the house of God. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. I'm going to get the career break I want because the person who's a CEO who hates me is going to drop dead. You know, we just, we think of all these crazy things. Yeah, I know, right? We think of all these crazy things of how God is going to perform a miracle. So God says to Abram, I've got to change something to bring this dream to pass, to revolutionize your life. I've just got to change something first. And Abram's like, what is it? What are you going to do? I'm ready. What's he going to do? I've got to change your name. I bet he didn't expect that. He'd be like, you got to change my name? He said, yeah, I've got to change your name. He said, you know how your name is Abram at the moment? The, word, uh, the name Abram meant high father. Not high father, high. <laughs> high father. He said, I've got to change it to Abraham. I've got to put an H. And ironically, how the service is going. That H is like, it's like the breath of God. I've got to put the breath of God in your name, an H. I've got to change it to Abraham, which means father of a multitude or father of many nations. See, in, this, in these days in the Old Testament, when you walk somewhere every, and somebody said hello to you and they said, hi, Abram, everybody actually translated that in their head to what it actually meant. So when they said, hi, Abram, in their head, they're going, hi, hi, father. Oh, hi, hi, father. Hi, hi, father. They're saying, hello, hi, father. Hello, hi, father. And he would say, hello, <laughs> sitting bull, I don't know, <laughs> whatever it is. But every name had a meaning, right? So hello, hi, father. Hello, hi, father. And God said, we got to change this. And he said, I'm going to change your name to father of a multitude. And Sarai's name was actually my princess, which was really lovely anyway, isn't it, Sarai? And he said, I've got to change that to mother of many nations or mother of nations. He said, I've got to change it. I've got to change it. So you can imagine that when he woke up in the morning, he would turn to um, now Sarah, and he would say, good morning, mother of many nations. And she would say, good morning, father of many nations. And he would walk outside there and, some, you know, go out to get the paper and the postman, and the postman would yell out, good morning, father of many nations. And he'd say, g'day, Bill. And, you know, whatever his name was go into his house, so forth. He'd go down to the, the bowling club. He was 99. He's going down to the bowling club and he'd walk in. G'day, Murray. G'day, Dave. And they'd go, hello, father of many nations. Wherever he went, father of many nations. He'd go down to Starbucks and, and they said, can I get a name on that? It's father of many nations. <laughs> go sits at his table. Two minutes later, I've got a mocha chocolate for father of many nations. And he's like, that's me. I'm father of many nations, father of many, just all the time. God had to change the way he spoke about himself before he could bring the miracle to pass, before he could revolutionize his life. He's saying, Abram, I've got to do this. I want to bring this dream to pass. I want the miracle to happen in your life. I want to totally flip your life on its head 
completely. Like, I'm going to change the world with this. Abraham is our father of faith now. Billions of Christians worldwide say Abraham is their father of faith. And God's seeing down the track of time, I'm going to do all this. But to do this, to flip the world on its head, I just need to do one thing. I need to change the way you talk about yourself. Crazy to bring this to pass. You will never call yourself what you used to call yourself. The only thing you will call yourself now is father of many nations because that is what you are and that is what I have made you and that is what I have called you and that and only that is what you will call yourself from this day forward. And we get like that ourselves. And I believe God's talking to you this morning. If you know what I was talking about before, when you feel like you're a kingdom divided against itself, I think I can make it. But I keep saying I can't. I want to be a good parent, but I keep saying I'm a rubbish one. God. I want to hear from God, but I keep saying I can't hear from God. I'm divided against myself constantly this turmoil never ends good bad light darkness bright despair it drives me crazy God said no 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 more he says I want to flip your life on its head this morning I want to totally revolutionize your life. You've got dreams in your heart. You've had dreams in your life. There are things that you believe for and you've praised God for. You've written down so you can run. You've gone to, to, to miracle offerings and you've given. You've been in church services and you've seen visions of what God wants to accomplish in your life and the lives around you of people you want to touch and encourage and bring out of dark places and the things that you want to do and gather people together and, and just put a smile on their face and cheer them up and bless them and feed them and do all that. And God's saying, I want you to do it too. But there's one thing you've got to change. You've just got to change the way you talk about yourself. That is it. Because you are a new creation. The old has actually gone. The new has completely come. You're not who you were. You're someone else now. You've got to wave goodbye. They're gone. They're dead. It's over. Leave them. You are a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And I know you're saying, yeah, but I'm not going to fake it. I can't lie about it. I'm not one of these persons who just stands and looks in the mirror and goes, you're great. You're great. You're great. God is not asking you to lie against yourself. He's just asking you to agree with him. That's it. There is no lie involved. Proverbs says this. It's actually Amos 3.3 says this. How can two walk together? unless they are agreed. God's saying, how can we walk this out? How can we walk together unless we agree on who you are? Because you're not who you've been thinking you are, and you're definitely not who you've been saying you are. You are someone else. You are a new creation. You are seated with Christ. You are loved by God. You are born of God. You are the head. You are not the tail anymore. You are going over. You will not go under. You will go over. But you've got to get on board with me, and you've got to speak this out. Oh, gee, Romans 4.17 says this. This is talking about Abraham 
and what he went through and that he believed God and he believed the God who calls things that are not as though they were. I love that. That's almost like, I bet Abraham said that to to everybody when they asked, who's God? He said, I tell you what God is. I tell you what God's like. He calls things that are not as though they were. What was he talking about? He's talking about him. I reckon that became the core revelation of Abraham's life. My life, my life changed that day when God said to me, you've got to change the way you talk about yourself, Abraham. It is the key to everything. It's the key to releasing miracles in your life, to releasing dreams in your life, to having peace, to having joy, to having a total revolution in your life. God says, never again will you call yourself that. You call yourself this. God speaks things that are not as though they were. He speaks things that are not yet in the natural, but are in the spiritual. He speaks things that are not that we've seen with our eyes, but are on the inside of us of who we really are. I don't know if it's you this morning, and you've been beating yourself up. I told you it was a simple message. And you know you're a kingdom divided against yourself. I'd like the band to come up. We've only got another couple of minutes. But um, how about we just spend a 30 seconds, a minute in the presence of God. And how about you change your name this morning? How about you say this morning, no, I'm born of God. Eh? I am going over. I'm not going under. I'm going to become my biggest fan. I'm going to join God in the stands and start applauding myself through life. And I tell you, I know some of you here this morning go, I'm pretty disappointed in myself. I've got things I'm disappointed about too, for goodness sake. But you've been through a lot. Can I just say that? I don't know if you've had anyone sit down and say to you, you've been through a lot. And I tell you what, there are other people who would have been through what you've been through and they would have thrown the towel in and they would have given it away and they would be a million miles away from any house of God blaming God for everything terrible that's happened in their life. But look at you. But look at you. You're in the house of God. you got a smile on your face. You keep showing up. You just keep showing up because you know God's got more for you and God's been speaking to you and God's been changing your name on the inside so that you start to change your name on the outside and you start to speak more and more about what God's doing for you and God, what God's doing to you and what God's doing on the inside of you and the new creation that He is making you into. Let's just stand as we finish. You can sing whatever you want. <laughs> Let's just lift our hands. If that's you here this morning, you say, man, I've been a kingdom divided against myself. I know I can't work this way anymore. God's saying, I want to flip your life on its head. And I just need one thing from you. I need you to change the way you talk about yourself. That is the revelation today. I want you to change the way you talk about yourself. Talk about you the way that I talk about you, says the Lord. (laughs) Apple of my eye. Look at you every time you lift your hands. 
Sometimes you don't have the words to pray, but you'll still come into my presence. You might have had a bad week. I see you still walk into the house of God. My heart breaks for you, says the Lord. I look at you playing with your kids. So what an incredible parent. I look at you smiling at your mom and dad and say, you are so loved. I see you with your friends. I see you when you walk on your own. You stop and all of a sudden you just think, I want to feel the presence of God. I see it. And I love it.